0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3289 for Thursday the 11th of March 2021. Today's show is entitled, Next Cloud the Hard Way. It is hosted by Ken Fallon, and is about 32 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, a private Next Cloud instance on a Pi 4x8, with Let's Encrypt and WireGuard VPN access.
1: This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org.
0: Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. Today, installing Nextcloud the hard way. And the reason it's the hard way is because I made some decisions that made it hard for myself. I also ran into some stuff that I was just unlucky enough to run into, I guess. One of the first decisions that I made uh, was that I would run my Nextcloud instance inside my behind my firewall. Not... Uh, I have three different networks, but this is on the Wi-Fi network that um, the kids' Chromebooks and my wife's laptop and the general house Wi-Fi network connects to, which means it doesn't have a a public-facing IP address. That's not to say I didn't want their mobile phones and other devices to be able to connect um, to it when they're out on the road, but that was thing number one that no, going to cause me a problem. Thing number two is that I'm not using a pre-built Docker image or a pre-built um, SD card um, image of Raspbian or something dedicated to running Nextcloud. I deliberately am doing this because I want the computer that I'm running it on to be my computer, that I understand what's going on. It's as much a learning exercise for me as anything else. Um, so... Without further further ado, let's start. Thing number one that I did was uh, I ordered the hardware and I got a 4GB, uh, uh, sorry, an 8 gig Raspberry Pi 4 and a 128 SD card, uh, SSD card, and then a 64 gig SD card I had lying around to burn the OS image. And the idea here is you burn the um, Raspbian image on the... Uh, sd card and then you clone it over to the ssd flash drive some gotchas that i had was that the uh, ssd solid state device that i had uh, wouldn't wasn't recognized and james a chambers has a good write-up there on how to get them recognized eventually it was recognized as a regular usb attached storage which would not be as fast as other options that are available, but it still gave me faster speeds than I would be having a SD card booting. Plus, it's also more reliable storage. So that's the reason I went on there. Links in the show notes to that. Second link I'll point you to, to is the steps that are necessary in order to uh, boot a Raspberry Pi uh, 4 from uh, USB SS solid state drive. That's from Tom's Hardware. Um, when I did my HPR 2356, safely enabling SSH with a default Raspbian image, and then subsequently the Ansible show, I already had updated my image. I downloaded my image and updated it with Ansible and installed all the tools that I, I want installed and in the default Raspbian uh, install within the house. So a lot of these steps were necessary for, for me, but what Tom suggests is update, full upgrade and Raspberry Pi upgrade. And then um, do a Raspberry Pi EPROM update dash DA, and do a Raspberry Pi config. Well, when I checked all this, I had the latest EPROM. Um, he will go through the steps there to show you how to boot from that. And then you select boot from a USB drive in the boot options. Um you don't reboot at that stage, you exit the Raspberry Pi config tool after you select USB boot, and then you use the ST card copier, which is in accessories. You first plug in your external solid state disk, and then you do the card copier, and that'll be from dev mmcblk zero to the dev SDA probably. You do not select new partition UUIDs so that everything's just copied over nicely. So that all works out swimmingly. Once you shut down your computer, you power it off. Then you take out the um, SD card and hopefully it'll boot from the external solid state drive. Um, The only thing you'll notice is that it's faster. So now we have the hardware installed. Now we need some software in order to serve up Nextcloud. Nextcloud is a PHP application. So we need a web server that supports that. I chose Apache, you might choose Nginx. And it also needs a database. You can use SQLite, but you are strongly advised not to. So the most supported one that I could see was MariaDB. And that's the option that I chose to go with. If you check the show notes, you'll find the installation commands that I used in order to install it. But to be honest, I would probably follow the Tech Republic article, how to install Nextcloud 20 on Ubuntu Server 20-04 as it gives a simpler overview than what I'm about to do. So the steps are to install Apache 2 MariaDB Server, some libapache2 mod PHP PHP modules and some additional zip modules, XML, etc., that are needed for that. I went to the additional stage of installing um, PHP MyAdmin as well, in order to um, be able to use a graphical tool. As I'm not going to be on the internet with this, uh, I wanted just a little bit more convenience, and PHP MyAdmin does that for me. One thing that I did do was run uh, MySQL secure installation, which will give you the option to add a new password. So I did that and added that to my password manager, which is keypass xc. And then in the Tech Republic article, they show you how to um, log in, create a database called Nextcloud. Then they created a user called Nextcloud with a password they granted privileges to that user and then they flushed privileges in order to enable it and exit. I did exactly the same thing, but instead of doing it that way, I did it via PHP My admin. No major change really. Um, I used system control stop apache2.service, system control start apache2.service, system control enable, apache2.service and system control status. Apache2.service. These things you use for regular services as well, so you can also use it for um, MariaDB and the like. So the next step then was to download the Nextcloud um, zip file, which I did and I verified the signature of it. And the install goes into var html Nextcloud. And I would actually advise you to follow the TechRepublic article here in how they did it. Um, They created a Nextcloud config in sites available with some settings. um, And then they created the used A2EN site Nextcloud to enable it. A2EN modules, so Apache to enable modules, rewrite, header, env, dir, and mime. And they changed the PHP memory limit. I did the same thing, but in a more roundabout way. One of the things I did wrong was creating a backup of the NextCloud config file in the NextCloud directory, which made uh, it more difficult to update the uh, NextCloud config because I got an error error occurred while checking server startup, startup or... It may have been when a backup, during the upgrade, the backup process failed because it didn't have permissions for that file because that file was created by the root user and not uh, the www-data user. <clears throat> but I'm probably confusing you. So just doing the diff of the original that I kept somewhere else and what it is now, I see that I've added the host name, you know, the local host name of my next cloud server. I've added the IP address and I've added the fully qualified domain name that is accessible on the internet. But can you say it wasn't accessible on the internet? We'll get to that in a minute. Some other things that have been uh, that I added later on was memcache.local, which is OC Memcache ACU, which is a, one of the error messages or one of the recommended improvements to increase caching on the... Uh, On the system that you get later on, I also took the opportunity here to uh, increase the php.ini instead of 512 from what they have done there uh, from up to 512. I went from 128 up to 2 gigabytes, so 200m. I didn't go 2056 because when I did that, that particular value, not anything lower or higher, causes a bug. Uh, whereby the error occurred while checking server setup. So when I undid that, um, it proved to be okay. So um, I changed the max upload size up to 2 gigs, so 2048 uh, meg, and then I restarted all the services, system control restart Apache 2 service, system control status Apache 2 service. Um, And that doing restarting Apache that way actually caused me some problems later on. Uh, so I believe the best way to restart Apache is user SBIN Apache 2 control uh, start, stop or restart. So Apache 2 dash T will test the file, but more about that anon. So at this point <clears throat> I have Apache running, I have MySQL running and I got PHP MyAdmin running. I've got the Nextcloud config installed in the Nextcloud directory, and all you need to do now is connect to the server IP address, forward slash Nextcloud, and you'll be greeted with a create admin user account username and password, and you'll select the location for your data store, and you'll be filling in the database user, database password, and database name, and once you can do that, you can install recommended apps, calendar context, talk, mail, and collaborative editing, and you can press finish Setup. So the database user and password we've already created earlier on, and then you're greeted with Nextcloud. So everything is working hunky dory up until that point. So when you log in, you'll be faced with a dashboard and up at the top, you've got files, photos, activity, talk, mail, Contacts and Calendar. And under your icon on the top right hand side, you have settings. And these are the settings for both you personally, and because you're an administrator, you as an administrator. Under on the top right hand corner, under your profile name, you will also have users. So this is where I went in and created a user for myself. And I made that user admin. So I then have two admins. I then created additional users for everybody in the house. And that was pretty much that for, for, for now. Then going back into profile and settings, I went to the left-hand side. There's an administration overview section. And what that does is it checks your system for security issues. And if you had any updates, this is where you would find them. One of the main issues that it was complaining about was the lack of an SSL certificate or TLS to be more correct. This is the thing that gives you the HTTPS in internet traffic. What it does is it encrypts traffic between you and the websites using root certificates that have been distributed, uh, are well known and have been distributed onto your operating system by whoever it is that you're running, be it linux windows mac or android so that actually means that as my client base i don't own all the devices some of them are school laptops and some of them are work laptops from my wife i don't have access to put my own self-signed root certificate on there so that is not the way to go the obvious answer is to use a let's encrypt certificate now let's encrypt allows you to uh, put an Uh, ssl cert on your website and they have an update script that runs on your own website that sends a challenge uh, that requests a new certificate and requests updates to the certificate and there requires two-way interaction either over uh, http or over dns where they can verify that both parties are who they say they are when requesting this certificate Unfortunately, as I'm behind a firewall, remember I said it was making it more difficult for myself. This is not going to be a possibility for me. However, there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel because I saw that there was the option to renew your certificates using a DNS challenge. And what that meant was that uh, instead of putting something on port 80, if you didn't have access to port 80, you could, in fact, do it using a special TXT entry in your underscore acme dash challenge dot and then the path to your domain so what that would do is during the certification process they you would request your cert and let's encrypt would tell you okay in order to prove that you're this you own the domain that you own i want you to put this key into that text field once you do that you go on to the next part and then it will verify that so there's then having verified that you at least own the DNS for that domain, therefore you own the domain, then both parties know and trust each other. So this turned out to be the best option for me, at least, because I do have access to DNS for the domains that I'm running. I didn't want to be running this website out on public, but I do have access to the DNS. So I installed a thing called CertBot, uh, which is provided to generate Let's Encrypt certificates. And I ran that with the cert-only dash-manual dash space dash-preferred-challenges dash dash is DNS. And I needed to add an email address. I read the terms and conditions, which are, aren't too bad. I agreed to it. I then decided whether I want the DFF to be able to spam me or not. And then I told them the domain name where I was going to um, challenge so for example, nextcloud.example.com. And I had to verify that my IP address is going to be publicly logged, which is kind of <laughs> which is kind of important. And then it told me that I needed to deploy a DNX text record with the following name, underscore acme-challenge.nextcloud.example.com, which I did. And I pasted in the key that they gave me and then once i had that done i could press enter and once i had that done it said congratulations here are your certificates they're in let's etc let's encrypt live nextcloud.example.com forward slash fullchain.pem and the key file was at key privkey.pem and your cert's going to expire in three months now unfortunately there's no way to auto renew that so i'm just going to set up a Nextcloud reminder that in three months i will delete the certificate and then run through the exact same process again and I can delete it by um, doing certbot space certificates will show me the certs and certbot space delete will allow me to delete the certificates and it'll ask me which one I want to delete and I'll do that and then I'll just rerun through the process again and I'll need to add that text file in order to verify it I typed dig space dash T for the type, capital letters TXT, space, and the domain name underscore challenge AcmeChallenge.nextcloud.example.com. And then I get the section. And in the answer section, I get back the Acme thing with time to live and the key. And it's probably useful to do that before you press yes on the previous uh, tool, just to make sure that everything works okay. So then in the Apache setup, it was incredibly difficult to find Uh, instructions on how to set it up. Either it was on a Fisher-Price toy level or on a degree in Molecular Physics level. There didn't seem to be anything in between about how to set up your own certificates. I did find on Linux size where they used a Let's Encrypt certificate, the guts of what I needed. In addition, the wiki on Mozilla um, pointed me to the SSL-config editor, which gives the recommended settings for an SSL cert on uh, Apache. So that was handy because at least I knew what settings I needed. Um, but and the Linuxize post allowed me to know where I needed to put them. So I needed to put a rewrite rule in the default.conf and i needed to put the ssl certificate file uh just pointed directly to the let's encrypt live path that i got and the ssl certificate key file in let's encrypt live that i got earlier from uh, that tool i was then able to change protocol to http2 in there as well the other recommendations so when i tested it using open ssl s under client like the key will be in the or the description will be in the show notes it showed that there was an error that there was no certificate installed the handshake didn't work it basically didn't work and after several hours of baiting my head against the wall i did apache to control restart so not system control uh apache to restart apache to control restart right different command And that did the business, that reloaded the certificate for me. So everything worked perfectly, except it didn't. What that did was it got rid of the SSL error when I was browsing here locally on my machine to this device. So now uh, Nextcloud was saying everything was okay. As I said before, I wanted this server to be internal. So I had a non-routable private IP address the 192.168 range assigned to my nextcloud.example.com domain name so try as i might i was not able to get dns to resolve internally on my own network and the reason for that is because dns rebinding is an attack that's used to um, take a domain name and then put private ip addresses in it so that you can access information you can trick people into accessing internal company websites and redirecting the information out to an external website. So that's blocked by default on my router. Uh, You can go into your DHCP settings and go look for rebind protection or discard upstream RFC 1918 responses. And in there, I was able to do that on my two uh, firewalls and I found that I was able to use to disable it just for one domain name which is what I did so I added an exclusion for nextcloud.example.com and then from that moment on I was able to access my uh, I was able to resolve the IP address the internal IP address from an external DNS hosting so to recap what we have at the moment is we have our raspberry pi running apache php MySQL, or sorry, MariaDB, the alternative version for MySQL. Running Nextcloud, everything's up to date. Everything's now running on SSL. If you do a, a resolve my hostname externally, you'll get the internal IP address. If you're internally, you can then directly access the site. But if you're external, uh, say you're in school or something, and you want to be able to check your agenda, then you're going to run into a problem. And the solution to that problem is to install WireGuard. I hope to be able to refer you to uh, Cleve's excellent show on WireGuard. If he posts it, I've already got the text. I just need to hear the audio. Um, but I took the short way out and I used the pyvpn.io script, which also supports WireGuard and followed the steps through In that. I needed to open one port on my uh, ISP's router to allow access to the um, server. And then it was as simple as I had the command PI VPN on my uh, Raspberry Pi. And when I went PI VPN add, I added my phone, I added all the kids' phones, my wife's phones, each of us have our own peer-to-peer setup. And um, then I installed it on F-Droid and hit the plus sign on my phone, pointed it at, brought up the QR code, using pyvpn-qr, press the QR code button on the WireGuard application. And that was it. It simply worked from then on. I got an IP address and a direct connection in. So now everything is working. Within Nextcloud itself, I created a new contacts. I created a generic account for the house and there I imported all the contacts that are shared among everybody uh, the aunts and the uncles and the cousins, etc. I grouped them in there and then under that, uh, settings, you will get a contacts. So I renamed that using the three button mouse. I renamed it to house underscore contacts. Then I clicked the share button and I added the family group, which I created earlier for the grouping of everybody on this account. In the calendar section, I renamed the house calendar to house calendar. No surprise, from calendar to house underscore calendar, and then I shared that as well with the family. So uh, then I logged in as each of the people in my family, and I renamed their calendars and their contacts to with their first name. So Ken's underscore calendar, Ken's underscore contacts. So. it makes it just a little bit more simple to know what's going on. So then the idea is that everybody has access to the shared calendar, but they've also got their own calendar. Everybody's got access to the shared contacts, but they've also got their own contacts. and The same for tasks. So once that was done, I was quite happy with that. I then uh, installed Nextcloud, a link in the show notes to where it is on the F-Droid. Um, then installed DAVX, which is a DAVX, Five Caldav CardCal synchronization and client, open tasks to keep track of your tasks and goals, and WireGuard as well on each of their uh machines. So once I set up Nextcloud, I created an account for them, made sure that they had access to the house shared files. I also shared the files for the house, and there I keep the um latest version of the proprietary apps that I that I download on on one phone that's got a connection to Google Play, I then using APK APK extractor to extract those and put them onto the latest apps folder, which is shared to everybody, so you can download um, WhatsApp, for example, from there and run it. I've got the latest maps there where the Open Street Map files are available. I set up the application to um, on this device auto upload from their folders. So any, f- any photos that they make, any screenshots that they take are automatically uploaded. Um, so that's within the next cloud application itself. The DAVX one is where the majority of the phone actually occurs. So I created an account in there as well for each of the people. And then you go, um, Refresh address book list, it'll pull down the addresses so you'll get house contacts. In my case, Ken's underscore contacts. Uh, Under CalDav, I'll get the house calendar and my own calendar, as well as the contacts for the birthdays. So at this point, we now have um, phones that are available when i turn off uh, my wi-fi and i turn on roaming or i go to another place if that were possible in these lockdown times i would then be able to um, access my calendar on all these devices i also now have anytime they take a photo or um, uh, that that's automatically synced up as well I'm able to, if they want some music from the NAS, I'm able to put that into their folder and they're able to pull that down. So theoretically, there should be no information on the phone itself, it's a standard lineage install. And now all the information is stored on the next cloud uh, up here, which yet I need to back up. One last thing that I wanted to do was, now that we all have a shared calendar, I wanted to add this to my magic mirror. And with the help of Dave, I was able to do that by um, adding a calendar section. Uh, he covered that in uh, his show, which was episode 3039, Making a Raspberry Pi Status Display. So what I did was I changed the, I modified the calendar section there. Now I had some problems trying to find out how to export an iCal from the calendar Uh, and the solution that I found was if you go into the uh, next cloud section in the case of so I'm logging in as the house here and go into the house calendar uh, under the calendar section and then I go on the menu bar copy private link so that copy private link will bring you to the web page so it'll give you a personal uh, personal calendar shared by blah 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 you put a question mark and export behind that that will take that calendar and convert it to an ICS file and what I was able to do was use wget to pull down that file and thanks to a trick from Dave I saved that into uh, magic mirror modules and I created a directory called dot calendars and I uh, saved it in there so I've got the home calendar going in there And I've got the birthday calendars going in there. So then I wrote a cron job that runs every 15 minutes that runs a bash file and that will go use wget quietly, get saves the document to the .calendars folder as a temp file. And then it'll use the dash s to check to see if the file exists and it's not empty, if both of those conditions are met it'll overwrite the old one with the new one uh, by renaming the file from temp to regular ICS and it does that for for both of them and the last piece of the puzzle was thanks to Dave and he uh, pointed out that he was able to load calendars locally uh, without having to use a external URL for example hacker public radio uh, calendar settings has got the name hpr uh, community news recordings the url has got http colon forward slash forward slash hacker public radio dot org forward slash hpr underscore community underscore news underscore schedule dot i c s and he used the little trick of localhost colon eighty eighty modules da da forward slash dot calendars forward slash home underscore calendar dot i c s and that displays my family calendar and it's got a symbol uh, calendar check and the color and I do the same thing for the um for the other calendars, the birthday calendar and uh, I also downloaded the uh, the recycling calendar uh, schedule as well. so that worked out quite well. One thing I did notice that was when I created a special account for the magic mirror. Um, so that it didn't have read and write access to these calendars. Uh, I noticed that the birthday calendar sync didn't work out. So in order to fix that, I went into var nextcloud as root, did a sudo space dash u space www dash data, then ran php space OCC uh, space dav colon sync dash birthday dash calendar. And then that said, starting birthday calendar sync for all users. And that generated those birthday calendars. I think that's a a task that runs overnight or um, at various different times. So after that mammoth show, um, I will uh, call a halt and say thank you very much. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio.
1: Mm and is part of the Binary Revolution at binref.com If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons, Attribution, Sharealike, 3.0 license.